0: your host for Lacrosse Talk PM Rick Sola
1: All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 on the show today. I'm going to have Matt Rothschild, Rothschild, uh, the executive director of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign on for a little bit. We're going to talk about I think the republic well I know the Republican convention is this weekend in the state. Uh, we've got, uh, a, you know, a governor race there, a primary between candidates. I wanted to talk to him about that. Uh, the Wisconsin democracy campaign and uh, kind of, we can ask Matt, uh, you know, the exactly what they do, but they essentially, they're just fighting, uh, you know, government or they're, li- they're like a watchdog group, nonpartisan, nonprofit watchdog group in the state, uh, Looking into Wisconsin politics. After that, there was a bear sighting in the Crescent. <laughs> if you want to check out the video, it's at News.com right now. The uh, Crescent Police Department had to, uh, one of the officers there, had to escort the bear out of the out of town. <laughs> uh, they did that safely, but I'm going to have Michael Ernster on. He's the sergeant there at the La Crescent Police Department uh, to talk about that and a couple other things. Uh, new new He's got a new boss in the Crescent. And uh, if you ever drive through there, there's a new bridge going up in the Crescent. I, I just want to ask him uh, uh, about that, too, a little bit. And he, uh, Michael Ernster, Sergeant Ernster there, was uh, he was out of commission for, for quite a while. Pretty pretty gruesome recovery he had. I think, I think he fell out of a tree stand. So maybe ask him about how that happened. But he had a kind of a long recovery. Uh, so a, a couple different stories there out of the Crescent. But mainly... Uh, first of all, how do you escort a bear out of town? Like, come on, bear. <whistles> come on. You, like, are you You can't feed it. <laughs> you can't give it a treat, right? Like that, that, that'll That just promote the bear to come back to town. No, I got a treat last time I came over here. I'm going to come here again. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick before, I'm going to go to break here so I can get all these guys in uh, for as long as possible. But uh, the Bucks season ended last night kind of awfully <laughs> If you're a Bucks fan anyway, 109 to 81 to the Celtics in game seven. Wasn't the worst game seven of the night. If you watch the Suns and Mavs play, that was a brutal game, but um, pretty much uh, the the summary of the Bucks losing last night and the Bucks losing the series is Chris Middleton didn't play. And that's kind of how the Bucks won the NBA championship last year because every team they played had a had a major injury. The Atlanta Hawks had Trey Young get injured uh, when he stepped on a referee and sprained his ankle out for the series. So, like, if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan, you're just like, "Oh, really?" Probably still uh, toiling over that from last year as he, they were eliminated early in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, the Bucks lose Chris Middleton to a, a knee sprain, MCL sprain in the in the round. They didn't really need him against the Bulls, and then. He just the, the it can't Giannis Antetokounmpo can't carry the team offensively, and we you could see that last night as he's he's doing all these amazing things as a seven footer who dribbles. He's kind of like he's kind of like Magic Johnson a little bit. He doesn't have the the, the finesse, the the no look pass. He, he he's not Magic in that regard, but he's that big and he and he's great with the ball as a as almost like a point guard, a point forward. Um, but you know, he gets in the lane and he does these things, things that magic doesn't do in the lane, magic Johnson. Um, but he gets in the lane and does these things to get a basket. And every one of these, you're like, wow, what a spin. And then he finger rolls it to the rim and his, his hand touches the rim and it just rolls out (laughs) and you're like, what, come on. Yeah. And it's like the toughest move for anyone, but we expect these things out of. Giannis and and he was missing them because he played all but three minutes last night or all but five minutes last night and that was the case like he was just done like he was if you remember uh was it last year or two was it two years ago it might have been last year uh he would come out of the game like two minutes in (laughs) because he's just so jazzed up so he gets these uh gets in these fits where he's just he burns all his energy um Probably like a cross country a rookie cross country runner going out in a sprint when the gun sounds off to start the race, and then you know, a couple hundred yards in, you're like, "Oh, I gotta slow down or I'm gonna be really tired here at the end of the race." Uh, but yeah, that was the the buck season that ended last night. It was pretty sad for that, although it's kind of expected when you're not when you don't have your other best player and all all that offense falls on one guy because the rest of the team just isn't capable of scoring. Um, anyway, Matt Rothschild coming up here in a minute, and after that, Sergeant Michael Ernster with the lacrosse police department. We're talking, we got bear talk, I got a little dog talk, uh, deer hunting talk maybe. <laughs> we'll see, we'll, we'll see what we can get Michael in trouble with uh, when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six oh eight. 785-7914 is the text line if you want to text in that's the the number to do it 608-785-7914 cuz Matt Rothschild is on with me he's the executive director of Wisconsin Democracy Campaign and I tried to describe it I, I would say nonprofit nonpartisan uh, group that fights corruption in politics is that good enough Matt
2: <laughs> That's perfect for me Rick thanks for having me back
0: on
1: Yeah and uh, I appreciate you coming on to to talk about some of the with, with the The Republican convention coming up. The the, so the Minnesota convention uh, for like the Minnesota Republican Party convention happened this weekend or last weekend, and the the uh, Wisconsin Republican convention happens this weekend. I wanted to ask you some of this stuff, but um and and then with uh, a couple of different other things that are happening statewide. And and, but you you brought up right before right uh, while you're on hold here two seconds before the show that U.S. Supreme Court uh, made a decision today about campaign financing.
2: Yeah, a really bad decision, too, brought to you by Ted Cruz and Chief Justice John Roberts. Basically, Ted Cruz was challenging a bit of what's left of the McCain-Feingold law back in uh, 2002 that said, if you're a candidate, you can't uh, lend yourself more than $250,000 and then get reimbursed after your election by your donors. So what did Ted Cruz do? Ted Cruz Lend himself $260,000, 10000 more than the limit, because he wanted to challenge the law claiming his First Amendment rights are being somehow infringed upon. Well, it got up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and today Chief Justice Roberts and the other conservatives agreed with Ted Cruz and said there's no reason why uh, you can't give yourself unlimited amounts of money in a loan, and then after you get elected, get reimbursed for it. Well, of course, this is a huge advantage to people who are super rich, because who else can lend themselves more than $250,000. On top of that, it opens the door wide to corruption, uh, as uh, Justice Kagan said in her dissent, because, look, if you're the candidate who won and you lent yourself all this money and some big donor says, here, I'll take it, uh, you know, I'll, uh, I'll wipe out that debt you've got, just take this money and put it in your wallet, well, oh, you can imagine that uh, that person who's giving the person who just got elected more than $260,000 uh, might get a reward from the person who just got elected. So yeah, it's, right. it's a big invitation to corruption, and I'm sure some elected official will accept that invitation gladly.
1: Yeah, now that you're elected, uh, here's some more money for you to wipe that debt off. I, um, yeah, it is weird. And then also, like, I'll give you my idea for, for campaign finance, Tim, and you can, or Matt, you can, you can make fun of me. But uh, instead of like what is the limit to uh like if i want to donate to to one of the republican governor campaigns is the limit like two grand for like person like me
2: no actually the limit in wisconsin is ridiculously high it's twenty thousand dollars
1: oh twenty thousand okay i was thinking more like fifteen dollars what would what would happen if the limit was and that's the only that's the only way you could donate to a political party the only way you could donate to a a person running uh, there would no be there wouldn't be donating to the party because that's a whole other ball of wax. Uh, but if fifteen dollars, would that just kind of destroy uh, politics, or would that would that be a good thing?
2: Well, I think it'd be a good thing. You're getting to a really important point that there should be a low ceiling on what individuals can give to candidates or to political parties, for that matter. There should be public financing, so you don't have to be super wealthy or willing to compromise yourself in front of super wealthy people all day long, being a uh, glorified telemarketer, to run for office. And so uh, right now it's just the super rich and the corporations, because of the Citizens United decision in 2010, and on top of that one, the decision today, they have much more power uh, than you and I or any of your listeners in La Crosse uh, has uh, about who gets elected and what laws are passed and what policies are pursued. And that's not how it's supposed to be in a democracy. We're all supposed to have an equal say, but we don't because of this problem of money in politics.
1: Yeah, it is. It's just comical the idea. As you say twenty thousand dollars. It's comical the idea that somebody uh, is going to donate to a politician. Like here, here's twenty thousand dollars, and what am I going to get in return? You know, that's the whole idea. But it, uh, you know, no, no regular person is going to. You know, I think most people are probably like, I don't even want to give a politician five dollars, let alone twenty grand. So that's. The discrepancy there.
2: How many people listen to us right now Could write a check for $20,000 to their favorite candidate, or for that matter, $2 million to their favorite political party? Because there's no ceiling right now on how much you can give to political parties in Wisconsin. And you don't even have to be in Wisconsin to give millions of dollars to the political parties. The whole thing is crazy.
1: Yeah, and that's something that that changed over the last five years, did it not? The idea that... Uh, if I can explain this right, any, the the LaCrosse, the, LaCrosse, the Wisconsin Demo- the Democratic Party and the Wisconsin Republican Party, those parties can take in as much money as they want, and then they can distribute that money to, to candidates as they see fit?
2: Right. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, until 2015, there was a $10,000 limit as to what any individual could give to any political party uh, in Wisconsin, or uh, there was a $10,000 aggregate limit. If you wanted to give $10,000 to Scott Walker, you couldn't give $10 to the Republican Party after that. Or to any state assembly or state senate person. But because of a, another horrible U.S. Supreme Court decision called McCutcheon, the idea of aggregate limits went out the door. But still, the legislature could have imposed a limit on Donations to political parties, but the party leaders wanted to rake it in, and so they said, "There's no limit whatsoever. The sky's the limit."
1: Yeah, the the lawmakers need to like recuse themselves from the laws that directly affect how they uh, bring in donations, and that never happens. But
2: they 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 can they know how to play the game, and and then they write new laws that make it easier for them to play the game and win the game. Whereas you know the voices of average citizens of Wisconsin just round out this whole charade.
1: Yeah, the, the when Brad Paf and Dan Kapanke were running for Senate here, uh, which Brad Paff ended up winning, the when we did debates, I often asked, Hey, are we gonna do something about campaign finance reform reform? And the the big thing from Kapanki was he he wanted to know where the money was coming from but then he proceeded to tell us the money was coming from doctors in California, a doctor in California, and the Illinois governor was giving uh, Democrats a lot of money. And I was like, well, it sounds like we know where the money's coming from. How about we limit that money? Uh, but you know, Brad, Brad Paff said the same thing. Or Yeah, Brad Paff said the same thing. He wanted to limit the, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm all for limiting how much. But, you know, there's no, I don't see any legislation. Maybe it's just sitting on the sidelines. It's not like the state legislature has been done for two months and is uh, taking a, the rest of the year off.
2: Yeah, and both sides are doing it. I mean, Marlene Ricketts, one of the co-owners of the Chicago Cubs, lives in Omaha, Nebraska, and Wright has written uh, a check for a million dollars to the Republican Party of Wisconsin. I mean, what does she have to do about who gets elected in Wisconsin? And that's ridiculous. And for those who aren't Cub fans, it's really annoying.
1: <laughs> um, all right, I want to get to the... the, to the... The governor race, the, the there's a story on wisdomnews.com right now. The AP is an AP story, but just about the the, the the Wisconsin Republican Party is kind of up in the air on whether or not they should endorse one of the governor candidates here. And I, I don't know a ton about it, but if they endorse one of the governor candidates here this weekend, the rest of the candidates are going to drop out of the race. Is, do you know how that works?
2: No, I don't think that's going to happen. They just won't have the formal endorsement, but I think this is going to be... Uh, a really uh, tough battle all the way till primary day in August. It just will give a boost to whoever gets the nod, and I imagine that's going to be Rebecca Clayfish. But certainly, there, you know, Tim Michaels is throwing a ton of money on the air. Uh, I see him every time I uh, turn on my computer or turn on my TV. And Nicholson is spending a lot of money. It's not his own money. I think it's from uh, 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 Dick Eline down in Lake Forest, Illinois. He's financing the Nicholson campaign. And so... Uh, You know, it's a battle. And the sad part of the battle is uh, everyone uh, in the race is moving further and further to the right. For instance, they all want to destroy the Wisconsin Elections Commission, which the Republicans themselves had set up in 2015 after the Republicans ripped apart the Government Accountability Board. And then they established the Wisconsin Elections Commission with three appointees from Democrats and three appointees yeah. from Republicans. Yeah, well, can that's we just? Not good enough for them now, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, the government. There used to be a thing called the Government Accountability Board, and I think it was around for decades, right?
2: You know, it was around uh, at least since, I think, 2002 or
1: 2003. Okay, so, and that would be two decades almost. No, about, about a decade and a half. Anyway, uh, so the the Republicans, when at some point, they're, in 2015, they got rid of, and it was a nonpartisan uh, thing that oversaw elections, right? Government accountability yeah. and more than that, right? Great
2: national reputation, too. A tremendous reputation.
1: And so they got rid of that, and they created the, what was called the Wisconsin Election Commission, which was appointed uh, three Democrats and three Republicans are appointed. So you can only guess how those six people are going to vote for every issue, right? They, almost every issue is just going to be, oh, the three Republicans are going to vote the one way, and the three Democrats are going to vote the other, right?
2: Yeah, and that's why I was so against it when it was formed. But a funny thing happened in uh, the pandemic. Three, Actually, all three Republicans, at least initially, went... Uh, out in favor of using drop boxes. And then two of the Republicans joined the other three Democrats in saying, yeah, we got to use drop boxes and allow people to use drop boxes and absentee ballots more easily here in Wisconsin during a pandemic. And because Donald Trump has been issuing the big lie every time he wakes up in the morning and every time he burps, you know, the Republicans who want uh, Trump's blessing, you know, start uh, mimicking him and saying, yeah, these absentee ballots, Ballots are a bad thing. Drop boxes are a bad thing. Wisconsin Elections Commission is a bad thing. Let's get rid of it. So they all want to get rid of it or fire the commissioners or, you know, the whole thing is just a race to the right. And maybe they need to do that during a primary. I mean, it's sad if they do. And I wish one of them had more courage than that. And Kathy Bernier up in Chippewa Falls, Republican majority leader, uh, not majority leader, but chair of the Senate Elections Commission, she's had a lot of Uh, A lot of uh, of bravery and courage in denouncing the Gableman investigation and denouncing the attacks on the Wisconsin Elections Commission. I would have hoped that Rebecca Clayfish would have had uh, more integrity than she's showing right now on that issue.
1: Yeah, the Wisconsin Election Commission. So they want to get rid of that, the WCE, and it's it. You know, because because of that decision, right? Like they they. Oh my gosh, these three Republicans or two of the three Republicans agree with Democrats on a thing. We got to get rid of that. Um, what happens then? They want to go to the position. They they just want to give more power to the Secretary of State position uh, because that's an elected position. They're just but but. Uh, Doug LaFollette's been doing that for a long time. He's a Democrat in the Secretary of State positions, and it's an elected position. Uh, Republicans will just go quiet if LaFollette wins that seat back, right?
2: Well, they they have two options, and that's uh, this is the plan. Either win uh, the Secretary of State job and defeat Governor Evers and then hand all the powers of the Wisconsin Elections Commission to the Secretary of State, uh, Uh, And Amy Loudenbach, a former Republican assembly person, is running for that job, and she's got a shot at it. Mm -hmm. So if she wins and Evers loses, they'll give the power to Amy Loudenbach, a partisan. Uh, If that doesn't work, they'll just say, you know, we're the Republicans. We control the legislature because of gerrymandering, and it's up to us to take over the duties of the Wisconsin Elections Commission. And you know what we're going to do? We're not only going to administer the elections, we are going to certify the elections, and we're going to determine who wins the elections regardless of what the actual vote count is. And so they could just toss out our votes, and then we'd be, you know, worse than Georgia up here.
1: That sounds like a little bit of fear-mongering, Matt. I don't know. That sounds a little ridiculous.
2: No? Well, look look where we are in this state. I mean, look at all the efforts to curtail voting that the uh, Republicans in the legislature put on Governor Evers' desk or introduced. One would have made it a felony for any employee of a nursing home, even to tell residents of a nursing home, that election day is coming up, do you want to vote? Not who do you want to vote for, but just, hey, do you want to participate in our democracy? That would have been a felony. I mean, this is how goofy it's getting, and goofy is putting it nicely.
1: Um, you mentioned the fact that the governor candidates, uh, Republican governor candidates in, this, in the state are kind of fighting to get to the right. I, I talked to a political science professor here, and he said if Tommy Thompson would have ran, Tommy Thompson would have probably easily or at least uh, beaten Governor Evers in a, in a race between Thompson and Evers. Uh, but he said Tommy Thompson would never win the the primary because he's he wouldn't go far enough to the right. I always think that's interesting. Do you want the candidate that's going to beat the governor, or do you want the candidate that that is is questionable but is so far right that it kind of uh, alienates uh, people down the middle?
2: But even even Tommy felt he had to run down to Mar-a-Lago and, and kiss Trump's ring or or something <laughs> south of his ring, and I thought that was. Showing a lack of courage and a lack of spine by Tommy Thompson. Uh, He didn't need to do that. He knows what Donald Trump has been doing to our democracy by uh, riling everybody up with bogus claims about what happened during the elections in November 2020. Tommy didn't need to do that, but he felt he needed to do it. And I thought that was kind of sad and
1: tragic. It is sad, but I mean, that is the former president. Um, it, is, I think maybe the, 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 optics of it is weird because Trump just lives at Mar-a-Lago. So the idea that you go to a thing, it's called this, right? It's weird, it's a golf course. You're going to go visit Trump at his Mar-a-Lago golf course. And, and I, I think of it was just, he visited Trump and you didn't really understand that it was a thing where it was because I mean, he's a former president. I, I don't, I don't give him, you know, I, I give him a, I don't, I don't take credit away from Thompson for doing that. Cause, um, well, but, but, I under, but I understand where you're coming from, though.
2: Who, but who's standing up against the craziness and the really toxic craziness? Uh, there's an anti-democracy movement in this country, and we need to recognize that. We saw uh, it's being led by Trump. The Trump cult is being led by white nationalists. We saw the horror in Buffalo this weekend. You know, who other than Liz Cheney, as uh, a prominent Republican, is speaking up against this? Who other than Kathy Bernier here in Wisconsin is speaking up against this? We need more people like that really to stand up and be counted at this critical moment.
1: It would be interesting since it sounds Thompson's not going to be in the race. It would be interesting for Thompson to come out and go, yeah, I went down to Mar-a-Lago. I talked to Trump and this is what he said. And then whether it was crazy what Trump said or not, it would be interesting for him to just be real candid about what that conversation was like. And maybe that caused him to not run.
2: Yeah, that's not what he's been saying. He said Trump Trump would have would have endorsed me, but my, my wife and my uh, daughters don't want me to run. And, and uh, you know, uh, if that's the case, and I believe it was the case, that was part of it anyway, uh, you know, I respect his wife and his daughters for that opinion. Uh, I'm not sure Tommy would have be beaten Tony Evers, but I agree. I don't think he could have won the primary. And that's the sad state of the Republican Party today.
1: That's Matt Rothschild. He's the executive director of Wisconsin Democracy Campaign. He he wrote a column today. If you want to go to the website, it's the toll of white nationalism uh, having to do with the Buffalo shooting, I would imagine, right? Right, yeah. yeah it, it, go check him out. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. My pleasure. Anytime. All right, got to take a, a break. We'll be back. Mike, Michael Ernster, Sergeant Michael Ernster with the Crescent Police Department going to talk about uh, the bear that visited town yesterday. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk, PM 608-785-7914 is the text line. If you want to text me right now, I have La Crescent Police Sergeant Michael Ernst around with me. A little visitor in town last night from a black bear. Probably something that you would, you would as a hunter, I think, you would have been pretty excited to see, maybe. Oh, I definitely would have. Definitely would have. All right, I want to, I want to get into that in a minute, but I, I just want to say you, were, you're, you just recently have been promoted to sergeant, right? How long have you been with the police department?
0: i've been in law enforcement between here and houston county for the past 25 years and i've been with the crescent combination of 20 years
1: now did they have any apprehension in promoting you after you uh you know you've been out of commission for like a year because you 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 want you want to tell us a little story about uh how how you've been out of commission i believe it has to do with you uh being alone in the woods with a tree stand maybe alone i don't know maybe you weren't alone
0: no i had my i had my buddy with me which was one of the lucky things too and I was. It was before deer season. I was just taking a tree stand down. Um, I knew it, it It wasn't a safe stand, and we were taking it down to make sure the kids didn't go up in it and nobody else did. Uh, instead of just cutting the, the webbing on the ratchet strap, I tried to undo the rapid ratchet strap to let it down gentle, and I ended up putting too much weight uh, as I reached to get the ratchet strap and ended up falling 12 feet and uh, broke my L2, I believe. Yeah, so you, yeah.
1: Bre- yeah you break your back and, and out of commission for, for how long were you out of commission? Four months. Four months. And I know you're kind of an outdoorsy guy, and uh, we, you know we've even played volleyball together sometimes. So I know you're an active guy. So that probably was agonizing to, to just be out of commission that long, huh?
0: No, you're you're very very correct. I like, I might not look like an active guy, but I like just I'd like to say I'm pretty active, and it was. It was, it was it was not fun, and I'm a huge advocate of uh, hunting on the ground from now on.
1: Okay. And the, the irony of that, too, right? Like, you want to get rid of this tree stand so that kids don't crawl up and and, and and fall off of it, and then that's what you end up doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I don't want to say complacent, but I've been moving stands my entire life, and, you know, I, I thought I had a good grip on the tree, and the ladder I was on was, was solid. It just the, the stand was old, and... You know, all it takes is, you know, the sun beating on it or, you know, a critter of some sort chews onto the webbing and you can't see it from the back of the tree. And it's just, it's it's one of those tough things that you just got to be vigilant and and making sure your stands are safe and take him down. But yeah, you're, you are correct. That's what I, exactly what I was doing was removing it out of the woods. So nothing happened to anybody and it ended up happening to me. So
1: yeah, it sucks for you at least. But then again, it's safer like the kids or whoever might might end up doing that. You, you kind of took one for the team a little a little bit. <laughs> Um...
0: Uh, that's, that's one with that's one way of putting it. I'll try
1: to I'll try to spin it positively. All right, so I want to ask you about a couple of things. There's every time I drive through the Crescent, I see this giant bridge going up, and on the right side, it looks like a roller coaster almost. There's a couple of, of circles to get up the hill, and then the the north side of the bridge, I think it's north. The Crescent might not be situated right. Be well. you you can kind of see that the other side is coming to fruition, and this is just going to be a, a, a essentially a bike path to get to the wagon wheel trail. Right, uh, that's that's going to be pretty nice for police right because i don't know is there a lot of accidents with pedestrians crossing highway 1461 there
0: Uh, i'd say there isn't bike related there are vehicle related but you know we're just we're getting ahead of the curve here and and making sure that that doesn't happen and make it safe for the public and anybody else that wants to use the footbridge or bike bridge to attach itself to the wagon wheel trail which which is absolutely beautiful and connecting over to the cross and then that'll put you in through when you come in through the west end there after you go over the road that'll put you in right in downtown to all our uh, establishments and actually the bike shop is right there if anybody did need any any work done they did have a flat tire something like that too during business hours but the restaurants and, and everything else through downtown and then that that can hook you up safer way up to get towards monona and connect to the trails up in that direction
1: so yeah, it's, it, pretty excited. it does seem like a lot of work, just this giant structure to I feel like if you just put like a little bridge right over the highway there, but uh, obviously some eyes and stuff cross there. So I don't know the mechanics of it, but it, it looks uh, it, it, like extraordinary and, and just maybe maybe too much in my opinion, but I, I don't know. All right. I want to ask also Doug Stavinoff was the, the chief of police there. He's retired. Any dirt on the new chief, Luke o- Oschlager? He's been uh, with the department a couple of decades as well, I believe, right?
0: Yeah, no, I've, I've worked with Luke my entire career. We've got a great working relationship, as the whole department does. We're super excited to have him. It was the perfect choice. He was interim chief for a little while, and then it took the promotion a little bit ago to the full-time chief spot. And uh, he's already doing uh, great things, and I'm not just saying this because he's my chief. Yeah, we're excited to have him and get some direction and move forward and, and have a path you yeah, guys we're looking forward to it.
1: Now you guys like you said you've been working for for a couple for what, a couple decades together, right? So I, just right. give me one story about the chief that's just you know when he was just an officer. Do you got any just an embarrassing story about the chief that we could tell?
0: I, I wouldn't say embarrassing, but this is this is my my officer or chief Osgood's story that when he first came to the Crescent there was also another officer named Luke and and for some reason I've been been the one picked to give everybody nicknames and Luke came from out out in western Minnesota, and this was, I was working for the sheriff's office, Houston County at the time, and during homecoming, we always kept an eye on the football field because, you know, the shenanigans from the other school coming over to do something, and anyways, he was patrolling the field and saw a bunch of kids on the field running. If you're familiar with the Crescent, there's a ditch on the east side of the, we call it the ditch, it's a bunch of trees and, and a ditch, and he started chasing the kids, and I was driving around and not in the Crescent, and he got on the radio, and said he had a bunch of kids running and they were all running towards the grove and it made no sense to me why he's using spring grove minnesota as a reference (laughs) when he's chasing kids at the football field well unbeknownst to me i had no idea that the flatlanders out in western minnesota called a group of trees a grove of trees so the ditch to him was a grove of trees but it's since i've been here my entire life it was always the ditch so i've called him grover ever since I, i think i'm I don't know if I'm going to continue to call him that since he's my chief now, but he's always been Grover for the past 20-some years.
1: Now, did we catch the kids or not? Were they doing nefarious things to the football field? <laughs> no, I'm just
0: kidding. I, I, they got they got, they got got scooted off there before anything happened, and I think we caught a few of the stragglers. You know, you, you always got to be faster than your kid you're with.
1: Yeah, how many toilet paper throwers have you caught over your career? <laughs>
0: oh my gosh that, that's been a ton and, and to elaborate on that living at home, my dad decided to plant a whole bunch of trees, which made me mad because then I had a mow around him so I wasn't happy but my tree my yard was an absolute perfect yard for toilet papering and it probably happened to me at least every once every two weeks so
1: while you're
0: while while you're with the police department yeah no 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 I was no I wasn't at the police department at the
1: time because that would be brave kids uh the, the high school kids middle school kids toilet paper in the sergeant's house now.
0: Yeah. Well, exactly. You know, these, these were all friends of mine back in high school, but yeah, I, I don't recommend anybody doing that today.
1: So. All right. Uh, well, of course, you don't recommend it, but I <laughs> I say any kids out there that want to give Ernster a good toilet paper and like uh, have it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, we're <laughs> we're speaking with Sergeant Ernster of the La Crescent Police Department. Okay, obviously the reason I had you on, I, I kind of promoted it. The uh, the the black bear that was seen in town last night. Can you can you say where the bear? Where we saw? Where you guys saw the bear?
0: Yeah, we got a call from a resident last night, uh, I'd say roughly right around 11 o'clock. They spotted a black bear in their yard in the thousand block of uh, Cedar Street, or Cedar Drive, I should say. Um, our officer, uh, Officer Bellock, uh, patrolled the area, ended up finding uh, the bear on Spruce Drive as it was headed south, and he just slowly followed the bear as it, it lumbered through. It actually stopped and snacked on a few bird feeders, um, went to the high school, crossed the street, the high school, across South 14th, onto willow and then went back down in the marshy area and he followed the whole way and basically escorted the bear out of town so he did an absolutely fantastic job so hopefully it just continued moving on to greener pastures and left the city of La Crescent alone
1: yeah do you do you have any advice uh, if have you ever encountered a bear in the wild and do you have any advice for people that see a bear in town like that
0: I have. It's just one of those things in this area. You know, we're we're pretty much on the top of the food chain. But when you bears are involved, you, you kind of drop down a little bit, and you you've got to give bears their space. You know, they're they're pretty wary; they don't want to be around you, and you don't want to be around them. But the more familiar bears get uh, with people, if you know they somebody started feeding the bear or something on those lines, the bear is going to feel more comfortable and keep coming back to location. And then then it could get a little hairy. So it's just one of those things in wildlife. You know, and Leave wildlife alone. They should leave you alone. Just be an extra cautious because it's out there somewhere, but it should leave you alone. Everything should be just fine.
1: Now, I I don't know if you were listening to – I'm guessing he's over the the – dispatch or whatever, if he's on the, the, the radio, you can hear this. But when Belloc is talking about, what, how, what what's the play-by-play for him when he's escorting, uh, guiding, quote-unquote, guiding a bear out of town? I don't know. Does he have experience with bears? That would be, uh, you know, I bet there's a couple of guys on your staff that are be like, nope, I'm not, I don't even know what to do here.
0: Yeah, no, it's kind of funny. They always call me for our, the bats and the snakes and the mice and, and all the calls and the skunks and nobody else wants to deal with because I'm a, I'm a huge animal guy. Um, but, it, Cody's very professional and you know, you can tell from the video I think that the bear looked to be about fifteen feet away from his squad car. So I think he was he was having a little fun with it too and, and the bear didn't seem to be too active on anything and I think he just followed behind and I think he gently just escorted it in the right direction and, and followed it to where it needed to be to make sure there wasn't any issues. So I think he did a fantastic job.
1: Okay, so this video he's probably he's sitting in his squad car and he's probably got like the spotlight on on the bear, huh?
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Yep. Uh, okay. Well, that's and he,
0: stopped and he stopped and recorded it with his cell
1: phone. This isn't as fun as the ostrich that the uh, Lacrosse County Sheriff's Department had to chase down.
0: <laughs> no, that, no, that is true, and that's the best thing about this job, and that's why I got into law enforcement. You have no idea what's coming around the corner, but I mean, there's there's times where you're you're dead tired and falling about to fall asleep, and next second you're you're super scared or you're having a good time, so you just never know. So.
1: Now, if you get this call, I don't know, do you throw your dog, which is named Dammit, into the, into the squad to take it? <laughs> no,
0: no, I, I, I certainly would not. It, the, problem with, uh, the problem with Dammit is, is he's a lab, and labs are, they think they're people, and he thinks that everybody's his friend. And there's no way that he'd tell the difference between a, a friendly bear and a not-friendly bear. So he would definitely let me know the bear was around, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't want to inter- introduce any dogs to a bear because it it might not end the way
1: you'd want it to. No, for sure. I think the last time my dog my dog has given up on chasing. She's twelve now, but uh, when she was a puppy, I think she she heard a turkey out in the woods. She went out into the woods. You know, I'm like, oh god and uh, she came back with her tail between the legs. So uh, even the turkey gave it to my dog one
0: time. Yeah, well, yeah, they can get pretty big when they puff up, so I totally understand.
1: Are you a little disappointed that Cody was the one that got this call and not you? I feel like you. you this is a, one of those calls that you would have wanted.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. I am a little bit jealous that I've never seen a bear in town before, and and those are the calls that I love. But it's just one of those things. And I did get a phone call last night to let me know that the bear was out and and woke me up, and I was glad to get the information and the rest of what's going on. But, yeah, he handled it just perfectly.
1: Now, uh, like you've been doing this for two decades, a bear in La Crescent, has that never happened before since you've been around?
0: Not that I'm aware of. I know there's been a bear down in the Brownsville area before, and there's been bear around. It's just in La Crescent, I've never heard of that before.
1: Now, so, you you, yeah, said, uh, you said it was in, what, South Cedar Drive, South Block of Cedar Drive? How close, like how into town is that? I don't know off the top of my head where that's at.
0: Well, to get to that location, it, it pretty much had to go like right through downtown unless it came across down the river and cut up. But, you know, if it's down by the high school and stuff, just the south end of town, but it's definitely residential. From where it was seen to where it exited, probably walked through 30 yards,
1: I would say. Did it pass both the quick trips then? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just
0: kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it had to get through that way somehow. Unless it came over the bluff and dropped down. But yeah, you are correct.
1: All right, that's Sergeant Michael Ernster with the LaCrescent Police Department. Thanks, Mike, for joining me.
0: You bet. Thank you anytime.
1: All right, see ya. <laughs> I right, welcome back to LaCrosse Talk PM. It's going to wrap up here. 608 785 7914 is the text line if you want to. Shoot me a text. Thanks again to Matt Rothschild, executive director of Wisconsin democracy campaign for joining and to Sergeant Michael Ernster of the La Crescent police department. Uh, Disappointed that then he wasn't on duty when it sounds like the, the first bear in all, in a long time, at least was called in by police. I, I feel like maybe some people in the Crescent are just so in tune with nature and, and what's going on they probably just see a bear out their back door and they're just like "Huh, eh, there's a bear just let him do his thing and he'll leave because that's kind of what happens there's just, the has got to figure out which way to get out of town and it sounds like this one didn't quite figure that out uh south block of cedar drive is what uh ernster said and made his way to the high school maybe two or from the high school so he kind of took a nice trek through town uh pretty pretty funny only funny because nothing happened right like it's Kind of cute, kind of funny, a little bear. I don't know. The bear doesn't look all that huge. If you want to check out the video at wisdomnews.com, it doesn't look like a huge bear. Uh, Also, they're just—I mean—they're still coming out of hibernation. I mean, it's pretty warm out now, but they're—they're not. You know, like a bear right before winter is—that's when the bears are really fat. There's always the—if you—if you you watch uh, the parks department, the U.S parks department whatever it's called the, uh, they they do this thing with uh, the fattest bears that they see around the state parks or national parks uh, it's always kind of a funny thing to check out but this one looks a little skinny and uh Cody Bellack the uh, officer at the Crescent Police Department guided the bear from sounds like from his squad car and maybe a spotlight just kind of all right bear like uh you know when I, when you when I'm getting when I get old and I need to walk my dog I'll probably just h- hold the leash out the car door and just walk the dog that way, right? Like, I've seen that. I've seen somebody do that. In fact, I think that was just out of the Crescent. Uh, they saw a guy walking his dog. That's kind of how they, they kind of walked the bear out of town, just kind of drove alongside the bear, kind of escorted it that way. Uh, not as funny as that, quote-unquote, ostrich. I know it wasn't an ostrich that they, uh, they had to catch. They actually had to catch that thing in, in West Salem,